Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially those of our DNVR listeners who have switched over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. And they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. And if you go ahead and schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from them at Green Mountain Dental Group, located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee will improve the quality of your morning because it's rich in CBD and CBG. And we'll have you feeling about as good as I've been thanks to their CBD-infused coffee that's been helping with chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, and a lot more. Plus, they give you zero coffee jitters if you happen to want three or four cups a day like I typically do. And now, using code DNVR25 will get you 25% off your first purchase. Use code DNVR25. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, on this edition, Tuesday, November 2nd, of the DNVR Rockies podcast. And we've got some topics to go over, ranging from a recap of what happened over the weekend during the World Series. Of course, we've got a contested battle here now. It looked like it could have been a quick death for the Houston Astros, but they're back into it as the series moves to Houston. Atlanta is still up three games to two at this point. We also have who I think is quietly somewhat of an MVP for Atlanta that's gone under the radar just a little bit. And in fact, if you're not in the ballpark in Atlanta, you might not know this person whatsoever. So I'm looking forward to highlighting this very special guy. And let's let's take it to the top of the Rockies, or rather let's start to on this day in 1993, because on November 2nd, 1993, after their first successful season as an organization, the Rockies and the aptly named Denver Metropolitan Stadium District actually agreed to expand Coors Field. Now, originally, the capacity from HOK Sports, uh, they also built Camden Yards and a few other notable ones. They were originally slated to have only about 43,000 at Coors Field. And because of the success where they drew you know, almost four and a half million folks to Mile High Stadium, the most in baseball history, and a record that could have been beaten 
in 94 had we not had the player strike there in, in mid-August. But because of the success of everyone listening to this podcast right now, or maybe some of your family members who are around going to those ball games, they actually decided to upgrade some things and, and put seats out in the right field upper deck, which were not originally slated to be a part of construction. I haven't actually seen any of the plans for Coors Field before this. I've only seen it uh, like most of you had in that 2013 and, and previous view of anyone that's been to the ballpark since 2013, since the start of 2014, there's the rooftop up there. So they actually ended up undoing some of that in Coors Field to, to add the rooftop. And as you recall, and we've talked about this on the Denver Sports Podcast, TDSP, in years past, about how Coors Field in 95 really kicked off the stadium district in Denver with a, a real big, you know, coming out party, if you will, for the city as being a major league sports town, right? Ball Arena, which at the time was Pepsi Center. We know Empower Field at Mile High, which was originally sponsored by Invesco. All of those stadiums came out in that mid-90s era. So, uh, of course, Mile High actually was a little bit later in the early 2000s. But still, that got the ball rolling. Once everyone saw how great the Rockies had it here in town, then everyone else said, hey, we kind of need our own specific stadium or specific arena. And so give it up for uh, the folks that made that decision, because I think that was quite a wise move for the organization and for Coors Field in general. Now this past week, and it continues this week for all of our members of the DNVR.com. Remember you can sign up for a subscription at only 50 cents for your first month, but you guys have been enjoying and I've been loving the feedback of the best of the Rockies in 2021. This somewhat original take, especially this week as we give out awards to players such as, you know, the top reliever on the team, which, which is something that gets overlooked. In fact, there's not really an award for that at the end of the season for Major League Baseball. There's an award given out for the most saves. And, you know, they used to do the Rolades Relief uh, Fireman, as it were. They used to give out a, an award for that for like the best closer, basically. But it's, it's a role that gets overlooked, and there are some people that can get marginalized and overlooked in the Rockies organization by the organization itself at times. And so, of course, the reliever of the year is named after Brian Fuentes, the Brian Fuentes Award, the most unsung hero. You might have seen that already in previous days. The Steve Reed Award, because he very much was a guy that was undervalued, underappreciated, while with the Colorado Rockies. And of course, we'll have the team MVP named after Larry Walker, the only player to win the MVP award in Rockies franchise history, the only player to win the Hank Aaron award for best hitter in the National League, Todd Helton. That award will be going out on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, the Cy Young Award, named after the man who's thrown the only no hitter in franchise history and the man who's placed the highest, third place, in Cy Young Award voting, that will, of course, be the Ubaldo Jimenez Award. So that's been going on for the past couple weeks. And I wanted to dig into the those moments that make up a season. The quirkiest moment, I think. I don't know that it's going to be the moment that we really remember forever and ever in 2021, but it's something that we'll definitely continue to see on highlight reels and something 
that we'll continue to acknowledge as being a quirky part of the Rockies history. And, and that's Coors Cat. That's, you know, April 2nd is only the second game of the season. And there we've, we've got this affair between the Dodgers and Rockies on a Friday night. Things are going well. Rockies win the opening game and kind of take down the Dodgers for what, you know, we didn't realize their season was going to open and close on a loss. We probably all would have guessed it would have opened and closed on a win, right, against the Rockies and at Coors Field. But no, Rockies win game one and game two. A cat just happens to appear. A feral cat that we learn later is one of the guardians of the stadium. Something like 300 cats perhaps populate the stadium. At least 300 has been a, a round figure that has been used in other ballparks to kind of keep various vermin and critters uh, at bay. So that was something that stood out. And the day before, besides just the victory on opening day against the Dodgers, we also had the most memeable moment of Cody Bellinger passing Justin Turner on the bases and what appeared to be a home run. Ryan Tapia, who at the time had made it a habit in the first couple games of, of not being able to secure baseballs in his mitt. If you remember his, his long kind of floppy mitt bouncing around in the outfield. He had dropped a couple balls that way uh, in the first two series and goes in, gets it. Seems like he's going to bring it back, but it it ends up coming out of his mitt for a home run. Justin Turner doesn't see it, so he runs back over second base to get to first, and Cody Bellinger's just looking around with his arms raised at a shoulder-length level, just having that look on his face, that puzzled, bewildered look that he typically seems to have a lot about what's going on here and ends up being an outside-the-park single. Justin Turner scores a run. Bellinger gets credit for an RBI, but it's ultimately a single. Strange, right? That's Those are the moments that we might remember, or we certainly remember it now. As far as forever and ever, I don't know how much of a forgettable season 2021 will be, but it's still very vivid in our minds. What's what's incredibly vivid today, here we are in the wake of the Von Miller trade, you know, longtime Broncos legendary linebacker Von Miller getting traded to the Los Angeles Rams. Broncos do a good job getting a second and third round pick for a guy who's ultimately going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And you think, hmm, perhaps other teams should take advantage of soon-to-be free agents. But that's besides the point. Von Miller trade, awful moment. Awful moment for the franchise. Everyone here in Colorado, Broncos fans, it's painful. But the worst moment for fans of the Rockies also took place on the first day of the month. February 1st, the trade became official. We had... Heard rumblings about it in a couple days prior to February 1st, but that's when it became official nine months before this Von Miller deal. And that was, has to be the worst moment for the fans. Now, if, if depending on who your favorite player is, if you have a strong connection to certain guys, you can make the case, well, for you, your worst moment was not being able to see Connor Joe again, not being able to see him finish out the final month of the season. It might be, you know, your worst moment was getting some tickets to the opening series against the Dodgers, against the Diamondbacks, and not being able to see your guy Kyle Freeland 
because of his shoulder injury and his delayed start to the year. Same could be said of a Brendan Rodgers fan. I think all of those things can be true, but what we can all agree on is that that was one of the worst moments the franchise has probably ever had to deal with. One, one of, right? Getting rid of a cornerstone player like that who's locked into a long-term deal and not on his way out in free agency. It was, frankly, shocking. We had, we'd heard rumblings for a while, but because nothing had ever come to fruition and nothing really ever seemed to be remotely close, it was a bit shocking. We we're also just weeks away from reporting to spring training. Weeks away, it seemed like all of the pieces had been moved. Everything had been figured out. Okay, we're going into the season with Nolan Arenado. Let's see what, what's going to happen here. Maybe a trade is made at the deadline. We'll, we'll see what happens. But you know what? Hey, it's a, we're about to report to camp down in Scottsdale at Salt River Fields. This is our team. Can't break it up this late in the offseason. And it happened. So that's that's got to be the worst moment for fans. The worst moment for players, on the player side at least. As I said, Connor Joe. Kyle Freeland, those injuries, Brendan Rodgers, the delayed start to his season. But I think we also forget because this was a guy that we didn't get to see on the field of play during the regular season. We might have seen him in the dugout, and if you work for the organization, you would have seen him in the clubhouse, but that's Scott Ober. His blood clots returning for a fourth time, needing to you know, have surgery done just a few days before the season was about to begin. He had, he had already made four appearances in spring training. It looked like maybe he was going to be able to get back on the field. And now the, his future and his career is in question, and he may never get back onto a field again. And that's that's also heartbreaking. That's, that's a much more serious thing than, oh, my favorite player got dealt away. We're talking about a human being and his health. We're talking about his livelihood, right? So that that's another one of those worst moments. And, you know, along with that was the most emotional moment. And that was the passing of Jim Hilliard, father of outfielder Sam Hilliard for the Rockies and everything that he had been battling with ALS and everything Team Hilliard ALS had been doing to try to raise funds for research and support this awful disease that we still have existing in our world. And to see Sam hang in there and continue to keep playing through it, and in his only second game after his father's passing, he hits a huge home run. He ends up going on to to score a critical run later on in the game too, and seeing him in right field just trying to hold back tears, it it frankly, you know, gets me right now just thinking about it. And, and Ryan Spielborgs was talking about it. He was on the game. He was a part of the broadcast for AT&T Sportsnet. And you could hear him choke up about it because a similar thing had happened to him when his mother passed away. So that that's still something that I don't think it has entirely been unpacked yet. And I think we understand why, because Sam's a, a, a fantastic human being. And frankly, the young man deserves his space to to find some things out or rather just just take some time to himself and that's something that you know we we may never push him to communicate on because 
you know, I, I frankly have, have not had to deal with something like that before. Both my parents are alive. Thank God. And, you know, when that day comes as it will, I don't know how, how I'm going to be. And, and I know that I might be able to just lay in bed for a week or sit on the couch or do anything other than be in the middle of bright spotlights, trying to play a game, being out there all by myself, away from my teammates, away from my coworkers, away from my friends and family, and have cameras on me. So he's Sam's a, a courageous young man, and, and that was just such a, a huge moment that we really can't overlook when we talk about some of the things that have happened in 2021. We also can't not talk about some of the amazing tailgates that we've been having. Thanks to everyone who came out on Sunday to the tailgate against the Washington football team. Got to see the Broncos win an interesting football game, to say the least. There was the awesome post game after the Avs with the lacrosse after party was fantastic and was jumping off. And, you know, we've got watch parties all week. You can check the event calendar on the dnvr.com to see all the events going on. I think there's now for at least the second week in a row, the Avs and Nuggets are playing on the same night and so of course both of those will be on but check the calendar to make sure you know which one is going to have the game being broadcast we'll we'll pipe in the sound and the call and the play-by-play and that helps with that atmosphere and the ambiance especially if you get there early from three to six you can get some drink specials and appetizer discounts for happy hour as i said 50 cents gets you your first month on the dnvr.com and an annual membership goes above and beyond because you get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. Check out the bar on the corner of Colfax in York where we've got Breckenridge Brewery stocked to the limit. They're the official beer of DNVR. They're also the official seltzer of DNVR. It's called Breckenridge Brewery's Good Company Hard Seltzer. It's delicious. You've got a lot of different variety flavors that you can even get at home with a 15 can sampler at King Supers, Costco, or just about anywhere. Make sure you look for them in your local grocer. It's Breckenridge Breweries, Good Company, Hard Seltzer. And Snooze Mattress is another one that will help you feel better and help you feel recharged, similar to Strava Craft Coffee. Their Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet. It's designed to fit every body. That's right, it's a four-in-one mattress. You can get soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Flip it to choose your comfort level. They've got a 122-year warranty to back it since, well, the oldest person to ever live was 122 years. So you don't have to worry about that. It's made by Colorado, and it's designed for the world. And now when you use code DNVR, when you visit snoozesleep.com, you receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off the adjustable base when you use code DNVR. And if you actually get the dual split king with adjustable base, it's $1,000 in savings. That is not a joke. That is not a misprint. I did reach out to our, our salesperson about this because I thought there has to be one too many zeros or there's a decimal point in there. No, $1,000 off with code DNVR on the dual split king with adjustable base. Before we get to wrapping up the World Series, let's wrap up top of the Rockies. We had the most surprising moment of the year. Coors Field being awarded the 2021 All-Star Game. Who would have even imagined such a thing? It had never happened before. DraftKings Sportsbook is not, doesn't even allow bets on things that you can't even make up that just don't seem feasible. But yeah, that happened early on in the season. There was all the excitement 
between the outside the park home run, as I mentioned, excuse me, the outside the park single. There was the Coors Cat, and you have, oh yeah, Coors Field is going to host the, the biggest party in the summer where everyone from the baseball world, from Twitter, YouTube, you name it, is going to be there to watch a game played by the greatest stars of its time right in your backyard. That surprise has to be the, the biggest surprise moment. And if it's not, please let me know what is. Patrick at the dnvr.com or hit me up on Twitter at Patrick D. Lyons. Best walk-up music. Now, I'll let you think about this one. I know right off the bat you're thinking, well, obviously it's Charlie Blackman, Your Love by the Outfield. Okay, fine. That's a that's a gimme. We we that's that's going on six years now, maybe seven years of the reigning champion. Right? There's there's no other song that I know of in any ballpark that gets played and the home fan base is singing along to it in this capacity. It is simply iconic. It is iconic at this point. So if we were going to name this award after someone, it would be Charlie Blackman. It would be the outfield. It would be your love tonight, of course. But for me, and you might be surprised by who I I selected as as my favorite walk-up music of the year, but here's the top four for the Rockies in 2021. Tyler Kinley coming out of the bullpen to Voodoo Child by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. For me, I particularly like that because of the wrestling connotations. You know, if you've been listening to the DNVR Rockies podcast, you know I'm a fan of wrestling, historical, current day wrestling as well. Dipped my toe in that water for a little bit as an independent pro wrestling referee, but it's reminiscent of the NWO theme song and Hollywood Hogan, the icon himself, Hulk Hogan. So that's got to be on the list, Voodoo Child for Tyler Kinley. I also have to respect Garrett Hampson's Desperado by Rihanna. It might not actually be one of my favorite songs, but it's a permanent link for him. He's been using it, I think, for four years now. When you hear that song, you know who's coming up to the plate. You don't have to think about, okay, who, whose music was this yesterday? There's a connection. So I respect the fact that he's, he's clung to this song. There's been this connection for the last few years. Michael Givens, yes. Cincinnati Reds pitcher now, right? But the first half of the season, he was with the Rockies. He would come out to ready or not, very fitting, because he's a reliever, right? Ready or not, here here I got to go. I might not be ready on the mound. I had some really bad warm-up tosses in the bullpen, but you know what? Now I got to go out and do the thing. So I don't even know if I'm ready, but ready or not by the Fugees. That's a huge one. And then finally, CJ Crone, a country song, Chillin' It by Cole Swindell. And I don't talk about music too much on here. I do have somewhat of a, a diverse interest in music but i don't really listen to country music that's the one genre i don't really listen to very much of nothing wrong with it never fully got into it but i do like a good share of country songs that are out there and in fact my pick for best walk of music of the year was cj crone chilling it by cole swindell because again every time crone was coming up that was an at bat you had to watch and I also thought the way the song just moved, you got into the chorus there right away, of course, as uh, that's the case with all the walk-up songs. And it just had a summer vibe, right? It had that vibe of chorus feel. It was really perfect for that reason. And so uh, I got I to gotta tip my cap. I think in 2019, Chris Iannetta had a country song 
that I was really feeling at the time. So, hey, good music is good music. And of course, the best moment of 2021, Larry Walker's enshrinement in the Baseball Hall of Fame. What was better than that? Now, if you're talking on the field, I think it it has to be the near no hitter by Herman Marquez for the mere fact that, you know, McMahon's three home run game, that's happened 22 times in Rockies history. But a guy going into the ninth inning with a no hitter, I, I believe we're just talking three. We're talking Jimenez in 2010 in Atlanta. We're talking Kyle Freeland on July 7th at home at Coors Field against the White Sox. And we're talking June 29th against the Pirates at home in Coors Field. So for that reason on the field, it's going to be Marquez. But when you are an organization like the Rockies and you are the only one of MLB's 30 teams to not be represented in baseball's Hall of Fame, you're in a couple places throughout the museum. But in the actual hall where the busts are, where Babe Ruth, Jackie Robinson, Satchel Paige, Effa Manley, Hank Aaron, Lou Gehrig, the greats of the game, Roberto Clemente. There's no one on there. You can't find the word Colorado anywhere. That is until Larry Kenneth Robert Walker was finally enshrined this summer, September 8th, after having to wait a year and two months because we know the pandemic happened. They typically do this in late July. And so they couldn't even do it this July. They had to move it back to that first week of September. And again, his speech, th- this is something that will continue to be shown on highlights forever and ever at Coors Field. And Rockies fans will have that connection to the entire baseball world because now the Rockies are represented in Cooperstown. And it, it's for that reason, I shouldn't have to really sell that to you, right? That that was the best moment. When we, we go forward in 10 years from now, and I say, what do you remember about 2021? In fact, if you ask that of me, I, I may conflate things a little bit. And I might say, all right, well, you know, they were one year off of making the postseason. Well, no, that was a couple years off. Oh, wait, was that the pandemic year? Let me think about it. No, that was 2020. So again, our memories are flawed. But if you go and look at a list in 10 years from now of the biggest things that transpired for this franchise in 2021, you're going to see your options and you're going to say, it's Larry Walker. It's Larry freaking Walker going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. All right, so my MVP, before we get to the World Series breaking downs, game three, four, five, and previewing game six, my MVP right now, for Atlanta has to be Matthew Kaminsky. Yes, Matthew Kaminsky. Who is he? He's the organist for Atlanta at Truist Park. Now, uh, he's gotten some coverage a little bit in the news. Associated Press wrote up a, a really good story about him because this guy goes and he does his homework. And for everybody in the opposing team's lineup, he'll play a song specifically for them. And... People are beginning to notice his creativity, and, and he, he'll even post it on Twitter and on Facebook. You can follow him at Braves Organist. He does it on Facebook as well. But here's the walk-up music that you may have heard in the background in Game 5 for the Astros. So for Jose Altuve, he opened up with I'm Sorry. Uh, he also in Game 3 played I'm a Little Teapot for Jose Altuve as well. All right, stick with me here. 
Uh, next up, batting second was Michael Brantley. So, of course, he played Thriller for Michael Brantley. Carlos Correa, not to be confused with Carlos Santana. He played ba- Black Magic Woman for him. Jordan Alvarez, he played The Right Stuff by NKOTB, which I imagine is a reference to Jordan Knight, but he's Jordan. Yuli Guriel, last name sounds a little bit like girl, so you heard a couple songs with girl in the title. Young Girl, also Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon, and Big Girls Don't Cry in games three, four, and five for Yuli Guriel. Preston Tucker, no, excuse me, Kyle Tucker. Preston Tucker is his brother who actually played with Atlanta. I haven't heard too much talk about that. He was over in Korea. We watched him play during the KBO during the pandemic in 2020. But Kyle Tucker, Can't See You, sung by the Marshall Tucker Band. And this was my favorite, although I'm a Little Teapot is kind of hard to beat and will forever be perfect. Alex Bregman, Tom Petty's Free Fallen, because Bregman batting third throughout all the postseason, slumping in a major way, gets dropped to seventh in the lineup. First time he'd hit that low in the lineup since August of 2017. That's how bad it's been for Alex Bregman. So tip of the cap to Matthew Kaminsky for playing that song. For Martin Maldonado, Dion's Abraham, Martin, and John about Martin Luther King Jr., Abraham Lincoln, John Kennedy. I didn't know the title, but I knew the song. Go listen to that. You'll you'll remember that one. He also had by two other Martins, but not Martin. It's Martin Maldonado. But That's Amore by Dean Martin and Live in La Vida Loco by Ricky Martin. And for starting pitcher, Framber Valdez, he played Amber, the 311 song. Unless there's another song called Amber, but I don't, I don't think so. I think that's got to be the only one. I also love that for Zach Greinke's start. He played the Saved by the Bell theme. Zach Morris, there you go. I also love that in the NLCS, a couple uh, shout-outs for he played Shake It Off, right? Taylor Swift song for Chris Taylor. He also played Old Time Rock and Roll, Bob Seger's version for Corey Seager when he came up to the plate. And then finally, again, tip of the cap to the Braves, uh, at Braves organist, Atlanta's organ player there at Chewers Park, Matthew Kaminsky, for Cody Bellinger playing Mary Jane's Last Dance and Puff the Magic Dragon. Gotta love it. It's playful. It's okay. It's it's all in the interest of being entertaining in baseball. And Lord knows we don't have enough of that. So with the MVP there in Atlanta, they went they went two and three in Atlanta with Kaminsky on the on the organ. So gotta give him a little bit credit for doing that. And you've got to give a little credit to Ball because they're doing things to try to save the world. And actually, we've got some new information about Ball and their manufacturing plant in Golden because they're looking for production technicians right now. And you can read the full description and apply at jobs.ball.com by searching Golden. Now, this position is on the front line of the aluminum beverage can production process at Ball's plant in Golden. And they offer a competitive $27.39 per hour with potential for increase at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job. Of course, you also get exposure to other manufacturing opportunities in the plant as well. And this is a role with skills growth built into it. 
which means many of the production technicians can become maintainers, which is the next step up for production technicians. So you've got those promotion opportunities as well. It includes comprehensive insurance, active the day of hire, 401k for retirement, stock purchase ownership program, and even potential for an annual bonus. There are major benefits for working for a huge company like Ball. So text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to their open positions. Or again, go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. Then you can take that hard-earned paycheck and buy yourself a home with the expertise and support of Chevalier Mortgage. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. And we know there's a lot of stress in that. Let them support you. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind with the highest level of integrity, always putting borrowers first. Something to keep in mind for those of you that aren't looking to sell. Well, guess what? There's prices in this marketplace we know that are going up and it's creating natural equity in your home. And if you've got mortgage insurance, chances are you can actually refinance out of that by making the bubble work for you with Chevalier Mortgage. And right now they've got a fun perk for DNVR listeners. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. You also, more importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006 and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. DraftKings Sportsbook is an unofficial sports betting partner of the NFL and they've got an offer every football fan needs to jump in on. Right now, new customers can bet only $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, even if they are big favorites, which is probably the safe way to go, right? Because you do want to win. You bet $5 on that team and they come through and win for you. Guess what? You win $200 in free bets. Yes, it really is that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with their new same game parlays. What you do is combine multiple bets from the same game and get an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR so new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older. Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Last but not least, we're going into game six tonight. Back in Houston, Atlanta does have a three-game to two lead. Well, how did we get there? We had Atlanta winning the first two games at home against Houston before ooh, losing a rough one there in game five when it seemed like it was going to be a lock from the get-go. We'll get to that in a second. In game three, of course, Ian Anderson was hitless through Five innings, an unbelievable start for the rookie who now has eight postseason starts. Can you believe that? Eight postseason starts for this kid. And he's got a 1.26 ERA, second lowest ERA of anyone in their first eight postseason starts. Bested only by Orlando Hernandez, a.k.a. El Duque. You would remember him in the 90s for the Yankees. 
And also on the list of guys with sub two ERAs, Cliff Lee, Oral Hershiser, Steven Strasburg. This is the reason why I had him picked as my National League Rookie of the Year award winner. He's not going to win it. He might get a couple third place votes, but going forward again, if you wanted stock in someone, maybe you're going to want it in Jonathan India. Maybe you'll you'll still want it in Trevor Rogers for the Marlins, but I think more people than not, they would rather have the career that Ian Anderson is about to have going forward. We'll see. So the last postseason no-hitter, right? He completed five innings without giving up a hit, and we know eventually in the eighth, our guy, Tyler Matzik, did finally give up the first hit. But the last postseason no-hitter, you'll recall, is Mr. Roy Halladay in 2010, right? Everyone's talking about Don Larson's perfect game in 1956. Naturally, that's going to come up. But that was in the World Series. This was not. But nevertheless, that no-hitter is just just unbelievable for, for him to have done that. And he did it against the Reds. And who was the manager of the Cincinnati Reds in 2010? None other than Dusty Baker. Don't, don't you just love the symmetry of this, right? A lot of people, you know, maybe banging their armchair, cursing at their television when Anderson was pulled from the game. And you think, hey, this seems very reminiscent of Blake Snell and the Rays last year. You know, I can't argue with you too much. I do know that Anderson did have three walks to only four strikeouts. He wasn't really cruising quite as much. And you like the matchups a little bit better in Atlanta's bullpen going forward there. But you're right. It is eerily similar. Atlanta did get the win in this game, so you have to say no harm, no foul. It also is notable because this was actually the first World Series win in Atlanta since 1995. Turner Field, well, it was built in, it was built in 1996 for the Olympics in Atlanta, but Atlanta, the baseball team, did not move in until 97. So from 97 to 2016, despite the fact that they had been in the postseason 12 times, in those 20 seasons, they had never won a World Series game there. That's a record for any ballpark. And there's four stadiums right now that are chasing it. They've got a long way to go. And I don't even necessarily know we'll see it in our lifetime, partially because these four stadiums could get demolished at some point, maybe 25 years down the line. But you got to have six more postseasons and no World Series wins in the next 25 years. So Think about, is there a chance that Miller Park, now American Family Field, breaks that record? Because it's happened six times where the Brewers have made the postseason and they've not won a World Series game in Miller Park. Camden Yards has seen five postseasons, still yet to get a win since that bad boy was built. Nationals Park, five postseasons and no World Series wins in that ballpark by the home team. And you say, well, they just won the World Series in 2019. So you're clearly wrong, except remember, in 2019, the visiting team won all seven games of that World Series. So Nationals got to celebrate, but it was in Houston until they flew back into D.C. to celebrate, have their parade. And fourth on that list, as far as active stadiums go, Coors Field. Coors Field has seen five postseasons and unfortunately yet to see a World Series win. Now, game four, Dylan Lee is the starter for Atlanta, becomes the first pitcher to make his first MLB start in the postseason. How wild is that? It was crazy enough a few years ago in 2015 when Steven Matz started a game for the Mets, who had just, I think, six starts going into that one. 
Lee only throws 15 pitches, gets one out, only throws five strikes. Only the third time since 1993 we'd seen a pitcher go less than an inning like that. Who comes in relief? Oh, just a guy with six and one-third innings pitched this entire year in Kyle Wright. And so that now becomes the least amount of innings pitched by the first two hurlers in a game. Six point six and six and a third innings. That's it. Those two guys are your first two pitchers. You're looking to win a big game in the World Series. Baseball may have a bit of a problem here. But you might remember going back to 2013, 93 innings, which seemed like an infinitesimal amount, a minuscule amount by game two starter for the Cardinals, Michael Waka. Carlos Martinez did come in relief in that game. But back to game four, Eddie Rosario makes the great catch in left field. After the game calls himself, he felt like Super Rosario. That's fantastic. That's a great soundbite there. From him, Dinsby Swanson hits the big home run to tie it 2-2. And then Jorge Soler comes off the bench for the pinch hit home run. His first in six years, if that's not improbable enough, is also the first time in World Series history that the eighth and ninth spot in the lineup had hit back-to-back home runs. On the Houston side, Alex Brigham went 0-5. And the questions really started to hit home to Dusty Baker if he was going to leave Bregman in the third spot in the lineup, he did not. He did get dropped to the seventh spot for game five. But Zach Greinke in game five gets the pinch hit, becomes what will be the last hit we may ever see a true pitcher get. I mean, pretty much any time Shohei Otani comes to the plate, there's there's going to be those games. But non-universal DH era. If it's really coming, we can say that this was the last one. But he comes off the bench, gets a pinch hit, turns to his first base coach, and, and he tries to get two more at-bats. Again, any chance I can get two more at-bats here in this game? No, he doesn't. But you did have two other relief pitchers come in the game and get at-bats, and Kendall Graveman and A.J. Minter, making it actually the fourth time five pitchers had ever had and at that, in the same postseason game, the first time since 1993. And the last one to actually get a hit was nearly 100 years ago in 1924. And yes, Greinke was the first American League pitcher to ever do that. The first inning grand slam by Adam Duvall seemed like that was it. I think some people may have turned away. A lot of good baseball fans out there listening to this, you did not because you know how good the Astros lineup can be. They may not have been that over the previous two games, but you know how good they can be and that they weren't going to give it up just because they were down by four runs. They still had eight more opportunities to come back. That's a lot of opportunities. Only once had a team ever had a grand slam like Atlanta and lost in any in any inning. In any inning, in 1988, the A's did it. Canseco hit a salami. And that ended with Kirk Gibson's very famous walk-off home run against Dennis Eckersley. Or I should say hobble-off. He hobbled around the bases and got it done in game one. But if you extend it out to postseason games, and this is courtesy of Jason Stark, the legendary Jason Stark, nearly 1,700 postseason games that we've had nine times We've seen a first-inning Grand Slam in a postseason game. Before Sunday night, only one other time had a team come back to win. 
And that was three weeks ago. The Tampa Bay Rays and Red Sox. Rays did it. Rays had the Grand Slam, I should say. Red Sox ended up coming back on that one. And again, you go, you can't write this stuff up. What are the odds? What are the odds? And so there's probably about a 12.5% chance that Houston was going to win this, right? You say, well, you get a 50-50 shot in game five. If you win that, you get a 50-50 shot in game six. Well, now there's a 25% chance, right? A half times a half is a quarter. Well, half of that is one-eighth, so 12.5% chance of going all the way. And again, all they got to do is win game six, and then it's a 50-50 crapshoot if they can get it done in game seven. But game six, Max Fried has been announced as a starter for Atlanta. He's got an ERA just above five so far right now for this postseason. Astros haven't announced their starter yet. I think they might wait closer to game time or at least morning of as I record this on Monday evening. But Luis Garcia, again, not official, seems to be the man that they're going to go with first. And shoot, if he if he has a three-ball count to the leadoff hitter, you know Dusty's going to have somebody warming up in the bullpen. It's it's really going to be that kind of a game. And so you say, all right, well, let's match up the bullpens. Who's in reserves? Who is going to benefit from having the most rested pen? And I think it may actually be Atlanta. Barely. Barely. Now, Closer Ryan Presley for the Astros and their top lefty Brooks Raley, well-rested. They did not pitch in game five, so they're going to have at least two days rest. And again, all hands are on deck at this point. You've got to go out and win. If your arm falls off, well, thank you for those 17 pitches. You've got all offseason to sew that baby back on. That's what it comes down to. Atlanta's pen, they got the ready Luke Jackson. We got our boy Tyler Matzik and Will Smith all well-rested. So you've got three to two as far as maybe being a little bit sharper, but the long man for Atlanta right now, Dylan Lee, the game four starter who only threw those 15 pitches, he's also going to be available. I don't know what you can expect out of a youngster like this in a spot like this, but he's a bit more fresh. And so if you're looking at the bullpens, that's going to be critical. And I, and I said at the end of last week and talking about the series, the blow to Atlanta for losing Charlie Morton was going to be huge. And they almost had to win game three. And they did because game four was going to be a crapshoot with it being a bullpen game. And they won that one. And it still might not matter. It still may not matter. Thanks again for tuning in to the DNVR Rockies podcast. Make sure you check out all of our written content, especially for Top of the Rockies, as well as any other breaking news once the season ends, those qualifying offers are going to go out. We do expect Trevor Story to get one. We could have a little bit of rumblings as far as contract signings. Maybe John Gray decides he doesn't want to have to wait through a very long winter, longer than normal, especially if we've got a work stoppage. So those are all the things you need to stay tuned into, the dnvr.com, following us on Twitter at dnvr underscore Rockies. You guys have been fantastic. We got some more guests coming in later this week. Keep it tuned in for DNVR Sports. I'm Patrick Lyons. Thank you for listening to the DNVR Rockies podcast.
The folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans, especially our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. 